You're listening to the Average Sports Guys podcast with Eddie and Marcus. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Yo, yo. Hey, this is Marcus and Eddie here. We are back for episode 32. There ain't they, those. Of the Average Sports Guys podcast. Let's go. And so let's just get right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some stuff to unpack as far as NFL training camp. Um, yeah. They pr- they pretty much all reported at this point as far as all the teams. Yes, sir. Um, now, I asked you yesterday when we were talking, mm-hmm. uh, we were texting, and I was saying in light of what's happening in the um, MLB, as far as um, the Florida Marlins, it, I think it's what some fifteen players or something. Um, yeah, and, uh, like five or six staff tested positive for the coronavirus. Do you feel like that will have some sort of impact on the NFL season? Um, basically, meaning not not that because of what's going on in the MLB. Uh, the NFL will just cancel, but you see the trend. Like, do you do you feel like players in the NFL are going to start getting sick um, enough to where there won't be enough players to play? Um, I think at first glance, I think what the NFL is going to do is to see what isn't working with MLB and in relation to the hot spots like Florida and Texas, and mm-hmm. trying to figure out a way to make sure they can still have a legitimate season. Um, but 15 players is a lot. I mean, it definitely uh, was scary because that series in which everybody found out they were supposed to play my Phillies. And Mm -hmm. I was freaking out because I was like, we can't afford to lose everybody in a 60 game season for like two weeks because I mean, how many games did they play in two weeks? Like three or four. So it's one of those things. So it's one of those things, I mean, three or four per week. So it's one of those things where you're just Mm -hmm. like, if you're losing players, eh, that's a bad situation. But also, like I said before, Florida is a friggin' hotspot, man. I think, and I think what the league really needs to look at is figuring out how to keep people safe in Florida, because that's what's scaring everybody. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think they're gonna look and they're gonna analyze and figure out what the what has not worked in regards to um, the Marlins catching uh, COVID like they did, and try to make it better for the NFL because the NFL is like. Uh, they carry what thirty? Oh, I'm sorry. They carry what? How many people on Sunday? Like forty something players. 30. Yeah. So I think it's like what a fifty-three man roster. I think like forty-six are active on game day. Right. So like forty. Yeah. So forty-six are active on game day. Game day. So it's it's quite a few more people on the field, and um and that's just players. You're not talking about training staff and all those other guys, mm-hmm. and and coaches on all those other guys too. And you got to make sure everybody stays safe. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to analyze it and do the best that they can, but I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'm interested to see what they do about games in Florida, period. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, man, um, just to, I guess, keep on that just for a second. Um, 
so I guess it would, they were saying that I guess uh, some of the Marlins players were out at a strip club or something when they were playing the Braves. Oh, man. For, for an exhibition game. I don't know how true it is. I didn't dig too deep into it. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the fact that they contracted the virus. Now, I'll be interested to see how this bubble thing works for the NBA because so far it doesn't seem like they're having many players um, test positive. Uh, I mean, especially in the last, what, week or so, I haven't heard anything. Right. But even if, I mean, yeah. go ahead. Like even if uh, what is it? Uh, Lou will even though he went to Magic Magic City to try to get some wings and and chill out for a little mm. bit. But they are. I mean, in my opinion, the NBA is kind of the model. Even though it's a different makeup and a different situation, we addressed that on the last show. I think right. we can try to adapt as many procedures from them as possible on the NFL oh, yeah, side. But yeah, yeah, I think. And it, go ahead. NHL the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Up in a bubble as well. You know, hundred percent. So. Now, clearly, there's there's more players in the NFL. Right. So to think that you're going to have a bubble um, isn't going to work, which nope. is why I don't even think it was even discussed or you know like brought up as a real possibility or or reality. Um, same same with baseball. Now I do like what baseball did, and they tried to schedule these sixty games geographically. You know, so clearly you're going to play your own division um, a whole bunch of times, and then you're going to play some some interleague stuff um, again based on you know geographically. So right. you know, like we we open the season playing the Yankees. So um, then we have Baltimore next week, mm-hmm. I believe, towards the end of the week. Um, but yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting. I say this, my, my, my take on basically the original question, do I feel like it will impact the NFL season? I think the NFL, I think they'll get through training camp. Um, right. But I do think once games start, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to start testing positive. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a big deal if you have your you know second or third string guys now it is as far as depth is concerned but if but if you have guys that aren't going to play much and they test positive again any case is clearly serious right but as far as the product on the field but i said it before once you get tom brady or aaron Rodgers or um you know sammy watkins or somebody of import like extreme mahomes i mean you go down the list um once they start testing positive, if they do, um, I think that's where a huge um, impact is. Is I think that's where you'll see it. Hundred um, percent. Yeah. Once your once your true playmakers on your squad start disappearing for two games, like that's a problem and a half. Mm-hmm. So, well, let's just get into this. Uh, since camp has kind of kicked off and started, right. um, it's. Albeit still limited, because I don't even think they start padding up until the is it the middle or, or end of August? Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about mid August. Mid August is what yeah is when they start padding up for real. Yeah, so let's get into uh, our team's news. Do you have anything uh, for the Eagles? Yeah, so the biggest news, uh, well, one of the two biggest news stories coming out of Philly is that uh, Marquise Goodwin um, decided to opt out. Um, because he does not want to put his daughter at risk of catching COVID. And I don't care what anybody says. Um, that is a very responsible take, um, especially when it comes to your family. Your family always comes first. He even was on first take today and said, hey, man, I, I haven't spent any of my money like that. So it's like I'm not hurting for cash. And I've been selfish my entire career, you know, dragging my family across the United States to these different teams and stuff. So I might as well, 
you know, put them first in this situation in the middle of a pandemic. And, um, you know, and it's only for one year, I'll be back next year, ready to go. So um, I really um, commend him for making that decision, especially putting his family first. Like that's a big deal to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, you really can't knock the kid. And then also, I mean, on the flip side of that, we drafted a ton of talent at receiver. I mean, the most NFL ready guy right now, in my opinion, is Jalen Rager. Um, he can run every route on the route tree. You can put him anywhere on the field. doesn't matter. But we also got a couple of guys who are just straight speedsters who can run um, go and post routes. But I'm interested to see which one of those three guys, as in Manasseh Bailey from Morgan State, my alma mater, um, John Hightower from Boise State, and Quez Watkins, um, he came out of uh, Conference USA and literally was like the fastest wide receiver out there. So, but those guys are only like go and post route receivers from what I've seen from their highlights. So if they can, I'm interested to see which one of those guys can develop a route tree to complement our offense. And you also still have guys like DJX that are there. We won't have Alshon until uh, the middle of November. Um, Greg Ward, who in my opinion has earned a spot last year on the roster. By the end of the season, mm-hmm. this man was commanding five, six, eight, ten 10 yard cushions. Um, I think we have, and then you still have Zach Ertz and um, Dallas Goddard, and then we still use Miles Sanders and Boston Scott in receiver uh, some receiver roles as well. So I mean, it's not like we're hurting for talent; it's just a matter of making sure that we're at this point, especially with COVID, like every other team in the NFL, making sure we have a tight roster and our depth is the best that it can be. Because, like you said, mm-hmm. people are going to get COVID, but also you need to make sure you have guys that can step up when necessary. Um, and then the other piece of Eagles news is that we have three guys that actually contracted COVID. I'm glad. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I want to say I'm glad that they caught it early, but in, in a sense, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. But in a sense, it's like, I'd rather it be during camp versus an actual season. Um, I wish all the best to Nate Jerry Lane Johnson and Jordan Mylotta. Um, those are our three guys that have it right now. Um, two are mm-hmm. linemen. Nate Jerry is our, is our linebacker who actually stepped up, stepped up at the end of last season. Um, I hope that I wish each guy a speedy recovery. Um, Lane Johnson came out with, I think a video and, uh, and a tweet and he was like, Hey man, I still feel strong. I still feel healthy. I'm just trying to make it through these two weeks so I can get back to the team and, you know, get to camp and, 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 and get going. So, um, yeah, that was pretty dope. And that's basically it for Eagles news. Other than Carson Wentz came into camp looking swole. Like, dude, definitely put on a few uh, put on a few pounds as far as muscle, and I'm interested to see um, what this guy does this season, um, and especially with a yeah, lot of well, a lot of the roster hope- changes as far as coaching is concerned. Right. Yeah. So I mean, well, the biggest thing with him putting on weight, you're gonna hope that it improves his durability. 100. Um, percent But yeah, yeah. So to that, uh, as far as what you're talking about, your players uh, contracting the coronavirus, I don't know if you saw it the other day. Just switching back to baseball for a second. So Juan Soto, just before opening day, Mm -hmm. contracted the coronavirus, so he wasn't able to play. He's still yet to play. Mm -hmm. So the way that the MLB has it set up is you have to pass two consecutive, or you have to basically get two consecutive negative coronavirus tests Mm -hmm. before the before the league will clear you to play. Mm Now, the Washington Nationals had to get a special exemption to play in D.C. So 
he was cleared by MLB, I believe that, what, what's today, Friday? I believe it was like Tuesday mm-hmm. or Wednesday, something like that. And But he now has to get cleared by the D.C. Health Department. So I believe all that's been good. So now he's able to um, start training with the team on Saturday. Nice. Now, because we were, supposed, we were supposed to play the Marlins this weekend, the team decided to postpone that game, obviously. Um, so we're off this weekend. Monday was a scheduled off day, so now we won't play till Tuesday. Okay. So hopefully he's hopefully he's back. So now the Nats are sitting at three and four, and that's where I talk about the impact. Juan Soto, obviously, those who follow baseball, um, means a lot to oh, yeah. the, to to the organization. I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. Right. So it's like you have a, you have a guy like that go out. Um, it, it's 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 very impactful. So like I said, we've yet to see what the true impact of the coronavirus will be on the NFL. So that'll be interesting to see going forward. Um, so now as far as the Washington football team is concerned, we did have uh, Logan Thomas, who's our tight end, um, test positive the other day. Uh-huh. So that would theoretically start opening up um, opportunities for Thaddeus Moss. Um, yes, sir. And obviously we still have like Jeremy Sprinkle. But like you said, good thing it's early enough because if you think about it now, they – had to get tested to be able to report to camp. Now everything's a lot of the conditioning and meetings and things like that. So hopefully, uh, you know, Logan is able to recover quickly and then come back. That's the good thing. I, I, I think through all this, if you follow the science and all that, the, the people who are in shape and who are younger and, and things of that nature typically aren't affected. Like we're seeing some of the other people, right. um, you know, like around the country. So I guess there's a silver lining with it all, but like you said, yeah, it's like, get it, you know, you got it early, which is good. So hopefully they're, they're around for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so other than him contracting the virus, the Redskins are, excuse me, ooh, that's going to take uh, take some time to get used to not saying the Washington football team. Right. We did claim, we claimed Ryan Lewis off of waivers. Okay. He's a, he's a corner. Yes, he is. around for a couple, uh, from a couple teams. I believe he's with the Dolphins and the Bills. Mm-hmm. Short, short stint with the Patriots. So we claimed him off waivers, which should give us some depth. Hopefully, you know, he's serviceable enough to play because I know our secondary has been uh, questionable at best for, for years. Mm-hmm. And then to talk about corner, uh, excuse me, quarterbacks, QBs, Dwayne Haskins reported to camp. Let's go. I believe he, he was around 216. Ooh. He dropped somewhere about 20 pounds. Okay. Um, and just, just seeing his, his videos on social media, I follow him, you know, like Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. Like you see, like you can see the work that he's put in this, um, this uh, off season. I mean, amongst other players as well, but it's, it was interesting to see his transformation from the end of last season. And he posts on social media quite a bit, whether it's, you know, shopping, traveling cars, you know, um, you know, his, his workouts and stuff has been real workout heavy for the last like few months. So you got to see like, That's oh, this kid looks like he's like, you know, dropping some pounds, losing some weight. And then, I mean, so you're always going to get your haters, right? So people are, you know, still trying to make fat jokes and all this other stupid shit, but all in all, I like what he's been doing. I mean, he's worked with other receivers. People try to say, oh, he's just throwing the high school receivers. I mean, he was throwing to Antonio Brown. Right. Um, Julio Jones. He was working with Cam Newton, I believe, last week or the week before. Um, so he's he's worked with, um, obviously, the Red, uh, the Washington 
the the football team's receivers. Um, so no, I think I think he's he's taking it serious again. Not that he wasn't taking it serious last year, but you had Jay Gruden in a lame duck year uh, going into it. He wasn't willing i guess to stick his neck out to put haskins in at the start of the year right um you know because he's basically coaching for his job now we all saw how that train fell off the tracks and then haskins basically got thrown into one of the worst possible situations ever so i'm still high on the kid like i said i I, was kind of following him seeing what he's doing i mean clearly everybody knows his his arm is there he's smart when you listen to him break down film and and why he went to a certain um receiver or or, you know, whether he decided to tuck it and run, whatever. Um, I'm looking for improved mobility. Um, I think people can only get so much faster. I'm not looking for him to be, um, uh, you know, like some speed guy like RG3 or, uh. you know, anybody out there doing it now. But if he can slide step, step up in the pocket, extend a play, if, if, if he can just – increases mobility in that regard i think that that'll be tremendous because i do think we still have question marks at the offensive line yes we've drafted you know a a few guys and things like that but it still takes some time for people to develop so like i said i'm i'm interested in seeing just how that weight loss for him does um second year with most of the players so there's familiarity there obviously it's a new system with scott turner as Uh the oc and you know ron rivera coming in as a head coach but all in all like i'm 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 pretty uh pretty positive but like i said it just something tells me that (laughs) league-wide we're just going to start seeing issues as soon as the season starts 100 with 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 players um in the uh and the coronavirus. But I got a question for you. So apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex uh-huh. Smith has been cleared to play, dude. So is there going to be right. so is there going to be a, a quarterback competition out there in uh, DC? Right. So, yeah, so Alex Smith was cleared by his personal doctor and subsequently, I believe that our team doctors cleared him to play. Uh so he'll start camp on the pup list. Um, okay. Now, I did see an interview uh, where I kind of read the transcript from Ron Rivera, and he basically said Alex Smith being back, being in camp, um, and then we got old boy from Carolina. I wasn't in Kyle Allen. Yeah. Um, so, so we have three. We have three QBs there. Um, Rivera seems to have it open as far as like in open Ooh. competition. Now, here's the thing. In my heart of hearts, it's Dwayne. It's Dwayne that'll be starting okay. week one. Right. Um, Alex Smith. I mean, God bless him. I mean, he's from all accounts and reports, especially early on after his initial um, surgery, just dealing with all the infections and how they had to, you know, cut out a bunch of muscle and all Did that. Did you stuff. see his I mean, leg dude, like now, dude? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It looks like a shark bite. Like it's crazy looking. Yeah. God bless him. But. Right. And, and, and that's what I'm saying. So like he battled that all the infections, all the surgeries, um, and then his rehab. I mean, the dude's tough as nails. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's one thing to, you know, work out rehab, get strong, do the best that you can, you know, to obviously be cleared by not only your personal doctor, but then the team doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, so that says a lot. Now he's, cleared for full contact now what's it going to be when he takes that first hit i don't know yeah um there's still going to be that mental hurdle i mean because you 100%. see the guys who tear tear acls or carson wentz um, first year back 
enough said. Right. Yeah. So so people are going to be ginger about it until you take that first hit or two and you realize, oh, okay, I'm good. Um, so I'm not counting them out. Um, I'm I'm a fan first and foremost of the team. So the best players should play, whether that's absolutely you know Haskins, whether that's Alex Smith, whether that's Kyle Allen. It doesn't it doesn't matter to me per se. Uh-huh. Um, but I do believe. I mean, second overall pick last year. Um, or excuse me, not second overall pick. Ugh, that was Chase Young this year. 13th overall. Um, was it 13 or 15? Oh, geez. Time has gotten so far away from me. But either way, Haskins, first round draft pick. I mean, you got to play the kid. You got to so play him. That's a lot of. Give him, give him a fair shot. See right. how he does this year. I mean, if he gets out there by week six or seven and he's just, you know, throwing way more interceptions and touchdowns, he's not understanding or grasping the concept of the offense and right. things like that. And, you know, Alex Smith is showing better, or Kyle Allen is showing better in practice than, I mean, then you got to do what you got to do. Now, I will say Kyle Allen does have a leg up because he played with Scott Turner last year in mm-hmm. Carolina. Right. Uh, but, again, that doesn't – I don't I don't count Dwayne out. He's he's a smart kid. He's he's not stupid. He'll get his nose in the playbook. He'll he'll figure it out. And I think I think it'll be his show. So Absolutely. Like us. Yeah. yeah, man. So did you catch any of those NBA games yesterday? Oh, you know, I had to watch the Lake show. <laughs> that, was a, that was a crazy game, and it went back and forth. And um, one thing I can say about the game, I love the fact that LeBron took on the challenge of not only guarding PG-13, but also uh, Kawhi Leonard. And at the end, ended up having the game-winning shot on one end of the floor and then clamping both PG-13 and Kawhi Leonard at the end of the game and to force a, a, a an errant three that helped them win the game. Now, mm-hmm. he only he, he did have a double-double. He only put up 16 points. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, you know, him walking into – back into the season where everybody just looked off, um, I think without um, – what's his face? Um, Bradley and, you know, bringing in a couple other guys. Um, Deion Waiters was a huge addition to that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, J.R. Swish didn't really play too much. Um, but let's talk about um, Anthony Davis. That dude put up, what, like 34? Yeah, that's crazy. What I was about to say. Like, yeah, he came out in like what Bald. you consider like mid mid season four. I mean, he was getting it. It was like it was crazy. He, he wasn't missing a beat at all. <laughs> yes. And I only watched, I probably watched a few minutes of the first game. Uh-huh. And I watched, I'd say, a full half of the Lakers game, which was mostly the first half. Right. Um, and then I flipped back and forth for part of the second half. I did see the ending. But, yeah, man, he was he, he was lighting them up. Crazy. Um, but it's like – and I think that was more of a mental hurdle for the Lakers. Um, and I think they needed that game more, even though they won the last game that they played before they went into COVID lockdown. Oh, yeah. um, but still, uh, I th- it's going to be an interesting series if they end up meeting in the Western Conference Finals. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for sports in general because not only do we have just basketball back, we have hockey back, and we have baseball back for now. Um, right, yeah. I was about to say the um, the Capitals, they played the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, they did. And, and they beat them yep. the other day. And, I believe his final score was like 3-2. Yeah. Um, I was passively watching it. Uh-huh. Now, I will say this. Um, we haven't really talked about the – I guess aesthetics of the stadium, right? So mm-hmm. watching the game last night, uh, as far as those basketball games, I thought it was pretty cool because oh, it was like, dope. Were those were those screens with like virtual people? Yeah, so Is it was like screens was? with like virtual people, like in the back. Yeah, so it was like 
I don't know if it was like reoccurring, just replay videos, or it was like live people like signing in like via Zoom or something to watch the game. Yeah, the, see, that's what I kind of thought it at was first. But dope I thought it was, looking. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. And then even even watching the hockey game, so they they put those um cutouts, those covers over oh. over all the. Seats oh, that's right. They did have covers. My fault. Yeah, those covers. Yep. Yeah, but but it looked better than just empty seats. If that makes sense. Right, absolutely. You know what I mean? Now, MLB, I think so far, um, with all the games that I've watched, um, you see the empty seats, uh, more so the seats behind the, behind the you know, b- excuse me, in the outfield. Um, those are usually covered with, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tropical Smoothie Cafe or Geico or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, a- uh, advertising. So you don't see too many of the seats now. Um, down the foul lines, those seats are exposed, but I think the camera crews have been doing a better job or like a good job of not really panning out that far. Mm-hmm. Um, so you hear the crowd noise, um, and it's like after, I don't know, just a few minutes, like you don't even realize that there's no people there. So I thought like overall, I would say all the sports so far has, has done well. I don't know what the NFL is going to do them big stadiums. Right. I'm interested um, to see. Ha- now, clearly, they're going to do the same thing, pumping crowd noise. They're going to play the music. They're going to do those types of things. But just when, you know, like on kickoff, like, you know, how you see, like, the camera that pans over and you see most of the crowd. Um, it's like, what? It, what is that going to look like? Right. You know? So, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But like I said, so far, I think I think um, all the sports have, have done well with kind of masking the fact that there's no crowd. Right. Absolutely. And um, shout out last last but not least, but shout out to my flyers in that exhibition win over the um, over the uh, over the Penguins. Um, that was a big win. Um, Hart looked great. I hate the Penguins. Oh, everybody does. Hart looked great in goal. He let up one. Um, uh, Elliot let in one. But at the same time, uh, I think it was just a huge confidence booster to get one over the Penguins because nobody really likes the Penguins except uh, the city of Pittsburgh. Um, right. But it was it was a great game. Um, we want an OT with a filthy goal, but um, yeah, that was, that, was, that was good to see. Um, oh man, speaking. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're go good. Ahead. I was to say, speaking of, of of OT, so the major league this year, um, if the games go into extra innings, you start with a runner on second base. Yes, I don't know if you've I, gotten a chance to watch any of the games. I haven't seen or an, I, actually see. I haven't it. seen that. I haven't seen that go down. But I love that idea personally. Yeah, so the Nats game the other day went into extra, so we let off in the tenth, so we had a runner on second, um, and then we ended up scoring runs based. Uh, I don't know if it's based on that or or whatever, but I do think it adds a different element. Now I will say this, and and I've heard it said on other you know radio shows, and it makes sense that obviously the team that wins likes the rule, right? <laughs> the Absolutely, team that loses doesn't. Yeah. But I think what goes around comes around, right? So the Nationals were benefactors of that rule. Uh-huh. Uh, the other night now there'll be a situation where they're not so um but overall i i thought it was cool i don't know that it necessarily speeds up the game but right. i think it adds a different dynamic and how you would pitch you know yeah, yeah. with a runner in scoring position absolutely uh, with no outs you know so right so i thought it, i thought it was pretty interesting um but yeah so i just the, reminded me of that definitely um, once you said overtime yeah, so did you want to um, talk about the Jamal Adams trade real quick? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into that one. Man. I, yeah, I meant to text you about that the other day. Friggin' Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. 
You know how yeah. dangerous that is for the NFC? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. literally the best safety in football goes to an already stout defense. And honestly, I think he, the only reason he went there was to shut down George Kittle <laughs> because Bobby <laughs> Wagner could not handle that at all <laughs> oh, right, last yeah. season. So it's like now you're putting the best safety back there with an already potent defense um, with a bunch of young guys at corner and uh, around, the off, I mean, around the defensive line and things like that. And also, I mean, we already know what Russ does, especially with now that he has like Metcalf and you got Lockett and you got a bunch of guys and then Chris Carson on offense. I mean, Seahawks are looking even scarier now, um, but they did mortgage what two first rounders, 2021, 2022, a third round. Se- yeah, I did a third round yeah, selection some- in 2021 and then a fourth rounder in 2022. So it's like yeah. they gave up the farm for this dude. And if, right. I mean, and if they think they can hold out for the next, what, two seasons by giving up that much capital and, and, and do damage, I think they're also in a win now mode because I, I, I think that they, they were like one, they felt like they were one player away. And I mm-hmm. and they definitely need that safety position locked up because I tell you what, if you're a tight end, you could definitely get off against the Seahawks, especially if you got a, if you got a caliber guy like Kittle. So, um, oh yeah, no, for sure. And see, what was interesting, I don't know, did you see any of the Le'Veon Bell comments? I guess leading up to the trade, no. I believe it was like shortly after. So, you know, I guess it was Jamal Adams that was lobbying for Le'Veon to go to the jets okay and then he was like pretty much saying like how how do you like lobby to get me here and then you leave you know what i mean um and then i think it was like a couple weeks before the actual trade once jamal adams was saying like pretty much like i want out of here he was (laughs) saying uh you know Le'Veon was like i mean i wouldn't trade him you know what i mean basically (laughs) saying like like he not not because he's like uh like he didn't like him but he was just pretty much like i guess the way that i took it was more along the lines of Jamal Adams is a good player like do what you got to do to make him happy here um and I don't want to see him go but then he ultimately left and then there was an exchange on Twitter Mm -hmm. it was it was a little veiled from Le'Veon and then Jamal Adams was just like well I'll see you week I don't know whatever it is whenever the Jets play the Seahawks week 14 or something like that so that'll be interesting so that will be yeah so I was thinking too, and we've discussed it before, both I believe on the show and not on the show. Mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with many other people. How, like, pretty much, like I feel like basketball, right? You can form a super team. Mm-hmm. Like guys talk, they do this, they do that. Basketball seems to be the one sport where I feel like they have the leverage to go where they want to go. Right? Does that make sense? So. In the NFL, it doesn't seem that way so much, but it seems like it's getting that way more and more in the sense of this. When you want a trade or you want out, I've seen more and more that teams seem to be more willing to do that. In this case, Jamal Adams, right? They, At some point, they're just like, okay, forget it. You know, let's let's get him out of here. Or you'll get players like I remember Deshaun Jackson years ago. Mm. He signed a deal, and then a year or two into your deal, you want to restructure. You want to, you know, like bitch and cry about it. Um, and I'm all about players getting their money. I've said that. 100%. You know, and I'll always say that. But I'm also part of honor your contract 
type of person right. because at the time you signed it, you agreed to it. You knew the terms of the deal. You knew the length of the deal, so play through the deal. Because each player, as the years go on, that gets signed, the salary caps go up, they're going to reset the market. 100%. You know what I mean? And that was part of like Trent Williams' um, issue here being in Washington. And it wasn't, it wasn't just solely the medical. It wasn't just solely the money. I think it was a combination of things, obviously, with the front office and the organization as a total. Right. So we won't get into that per se, but just – the fact that like he wanted to restructure his deal um you know right i don't know but i just see more and more nfl players basically pushing their way out and then pushing their way into like going where they want to be would, would, would rather be on you know what i mean do you see that uh becoming more and more like the nba to where NFL teams are going to start being super teams or do you just see it as players strictly vocalizing the fact that they want out and that's it. And then they'll, you know, kind of find a different team. I think it's um, a combination of the two ideas. I think that players will eventually have more mobility, but on the flip side, you know, we don't have a laxed cap league like the NBA where there's a luxury tax and all that. Um, the mm-hmm. NFL has a hard cap, so it's like, okay, you can go where you want to go via trade or whether your team wants your team to release you. But ultimately, by leaving, you're going to end up taking a pay cut for a year and then, or, or a year or two and then trying to get a max contract or a bigger contract somewhere else after that. So you got to be mm-hmm. really careful about, you know, what your opportunities are once you do leave. Because um, we, we ran into a little bit of that with Malcolm Jenkins last year where he eventually showed up to camp and there was buzz saying that, um, you know, he wanted more money because in my opinion, he definitely outplayed his contract. Um, But it was one of those things where a dude was like, he's like 34, 35 now. And Mm -hmm. he wanted, uh, he wanted crazy money. Um, I think it was like between seven, seven and 14 million a year, something crazy like that. And you just can't afford that with a 35 year old um, safety. But to his defense, he was never out. He was there and available every single game. And mm-hmm. he eventually, I don't know what the contract is out in, uh, out with the Saints. He went back to his, his, his original team. But right. um, there, you just can't, in, in the end, in my opinion, you just can't keep everybody. Um, yes, I think it's leaning more towards uh, player mobility, but players also have to understand that it's a hard cap league and you will more than likely be taking a pay cut at some point. Right. So I tend to agree um with that like you said i think there's gonna be the mobility to basically force your way out right um but i don't think you'll be able to just jump on a a Mm. particular team unless unless that team um specifically wants you and they make space meaning they'll offload guys or try to get guys to restructure but i feel like you got too much going on with with that to excuse me to to be able to do that absolutely no so yeah it was just something i wanted to ask you now let me ask you this because i've seen this i I was reading some comments about it on 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 twitter uh players and and i kind of got your your take on it players um nfl players opting out this year due to the coronavirus right Mm. we've seen it we've seen it in in the nba hockey and baseball um it happened to our team um Joe Ross, one of our pitchers, and then uh, Ryan Zimmerman, uh, they both decided to sit out this season. How, like, what is your take? Um, well, first, let me read one of the things that, or say one of the things that I read, mm-hmm. and it was uh, basically people are saying, well, 
I wish I didn't have to go to, I don't know, let's say somebody works at Walmart. I, I, I wish I didn't have to go to work at Walmart just simply because there's a virus and I don't feel safe. Then the follow-up to that, somebody commented and said, well, nobody pays to go to Walmart to watch you do your job. Right. You know what I mean? Meaning these sports, albeit, you know, extremely lucrative, these players, and, and not all of them are making millions of dollars. I think that's a big misconception there. But, I mean, by and large, they're not hurting for money, you know, right. or shouldn't be. You know, I don't get into people's pockets and their spending habits, but, right. you know, they're paid well enough that you know if they decided to sit out they should be fine now i don't have a particular issue with that uh as far as the players sitting out because to me first and foremost it's your life Mm -hmm. it's 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 your body um as far as i don't want to put myself in a risky situation i don't feel like the nfl and or the team is going to guarantee our protection enough for me to risk going in every single day right I don't. I don't particularly have a problem with it. What's your like overall take on it? So my overall take is at the end of the day, this is a conversation that you have to have within yourself and then with your family um, after you analyze the structures that are in place for the upcoming season. If you and your heart of hearts don't feel that they are that the league is doing enough to be safe, or you don't feel safe going back home to your family and not getting them infected, um, then by all means sit up. Because at the end of the day, um, I'm one of those believers that football is between 60 and 80 percent mental um yep. everybody's everybody's super strong and everybody can run uh a, a, at least a four five four six so if you're not there mentally you're ultimately going to be hurting the team in the first place so i'm not going to knock anybody that wants to protect their family and knows for a fact they're not going to be available mentally on the field to make sure that, that they're helping their team win so anybody that wants to sit out and you know for a season to because of COVID and because of how they feel about the structures set by the NFL and because they don't feel safe and with the added effect of possibly getting their family members sick. And you got to think a lot of these players are having young kids. Um, like I said before, earlier in the show, Marquise Goodwin was like, this is the reason like he went, he did an Instagram video where he's like, and he, and his, um, his girlfriend, his wife, uh, no disrespect. I just don't know his family situation held up. His daughter was like, Hey, this is the reason why I'm sitting out. Um, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't risk getting my daughter, my daughter sick. And you know what? I respect that. Um, but on the flip side, you know, um, you got you got quarterbacks like Carson Wentz who sat there and said, well, I'm going to show up regardless. And he just had a kid. So it's all personal preference and how much you trust the structures that are in place, not just within the NFL, but also within your team and how they're making mm-hmm. sure that everybody's keeping everybody safe. So, um, yeah, I, I have no qualms with it. Um, and I also think it's possibly a good thing because let's think you got, if, cause I'm looking at the list right now, you have linebackers, offensive linemen, defensive tackles, um, guards, like mostly people who are on the line to some degree are the ones who are taking the most contact and sitting out. Um, so, Imagine being a young up and coming undrafted free agent or somebody who's on the second or third tier. Um, and mm-hmm. you've, you've made the conscious decision that you're going to be mentally available, that you're going to play. This is your shot. So right. this is one of those things where it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise for some teams that you're getting to see more of guys deep on your roster that you wouldn't necessarily see all the time. That could be a cheaper option in the long term. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how many of these like these second and third uh, tier guys actually shine um, within the organization. So that's something I'm going to be looking for a lot this upcoming season. 
Yeah, no, 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 for sure. And 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 that was one of the things that I was going to say. Football, to me, unlike most other sports, you do have those heavyweight guys on, on the line. And if you, I guess, go back and you look at what the experts, the medical experts are saying about the virus, is it does typically affect people who are, are bigger. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, I don't and, – and honestly, too, some of those players um, – are are probably really really at risk and then yeah I, I that's why i mean so far nobody from our team has has opted out you know to me which is cool which is good that's good um but again, I take the money out of it. I look at it almost like my work situation, right? Like my boss, mm-hmm. she like interacted with our team and got our thoughts on how we feel because we've largely been working from home since like mid-March, right? Right. Um, and she was saying about how do we feel about transitioning back into the office more and more. Um, so because as, as it stands, I go into the office like once or twice a week and then as needed, um, so I, I look at it from that. We were able to voice our concern and our opinion, and we pretty much all came to the general consensus is like the as far as the cases here in Maryland and more specifically to the counties that most of us live in, um, it's just not really like a good look. Like we don't feel comfortable doing that, you know. Now, I will say if you do have one of those jobs, it's just like, nah, like you either got to come in or you don't have a job, then yeah, you have a hard decision to make. And I understand that, but that's not what we're at with the NFL. Now there are like, how does that work for some of these, these younger guys that let's say they're, they've been in the league, they're either a rookie or they've been in the league for like one or two seasons. Mm -hmm. And you know, everything is hinging upon them playing and they may feel like, well, if I don't play, then I could get cut or whatever the case may be. Again, that's still a decision that you're just going to have to make and then live with, you know? Um, But ultimately I don't think players will get punished for sitting out. No, I will be, I will be interested to see the players that are opting out for, you know, whatever reason. Again, it's, it's personal to them and that's fine. Um, I'm interested to see how it, how it will, if at all, um, impact their team's success, meaning, you know, could they have won a few extra games? Could they have made the playoffs, you know, had that individual played or, or, or what have you. So I don't know. I just think there's a lot of moving pieces Mm -hmm. between, between players opting out and players that are going to get sick throughout the season because it's going to happen. Um, so I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Definitely. But, um, yeah, so, well, before we got on, we did say it would be more of a truncated show. Um, so I think uh, we can go ahead and just kind of wrap it up there. Absolutely. Um, my last thought is I've been getting a lot of texts from people about Carson Wentz not being voted into the top 100 for this past season. And when he was, like, super <laughs> high on the list, what was it, la- uh, last uh, the season before, I'm going to yeah. put it to you like this. At the end of the day – do you think Carson Wentz is losing sleep over it? No. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this dude managed to put up 4,000 yards and become the Eagles' all-time passing leader above Donovan McNabb last year. He did that without a 1,000-yard rusher and a 500-yard uh, receiver. Um, and he did it within the last month and a half of the season. If you're playing literally with dudes from Home Depot and Walmart and still put up those kind of stats, <laughs> like – 
I don't care what list I'm not on. I know I can play football. And that's another confidence builder after his injury. Yes, he did get knocked out of a playoff for, from a four dirty hit. Okay, I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, he's like, I'm back and I can ball. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, he's a deep ball quarterback, and he did it while throwing a bunch of underneath routes. So there's another level that he added to his game last season. So, like I said, I don't, th- I, I don't think he's losing a wink of sleep over it. I just think he's just going to use it as motivation. He even addressed it in his press conference yesterday uh, on, his, um, on his Zoom meet with a bunch of media personnel. So it's neither here nor there. He's just going to use it as motivation. And like I said, we're going to be fine next season. I'm not worried about any of it. Yeah, so real real quick on that, I saw, I believe it was Ryan Clark on Twitter. He had said, um, no, was it him? No, I think he made a comment about the Madden ratings. So I don't want to say who it was, because I can't remember, but I did see it on Twitter that somebody was saying, basically, like, who cares more about these top 100 lists? Is it is it like the media and the fans, or is it the actual players? Mm. So I'm 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 kind of like you, where if I'm a player, I'm like, and I get it because you're voted on amongst your peers, right? Right. So, but at the end of the day, okay, and, <laughs> you know, right? Because my whole thing is, if you're if you're playing in this league just to simply be voted as a top 100 players, like on some list that the NFL Network puts out. I mean, I think you're I think you need to reevaluate what it is that you're doing. 100%. Um now now having said that, we all like peer recognition, right? right. Like you go to work every day, I go to work every day. Like we all do that and to be acknowledged by your peers as one of dot dot dot. Then of course there's that there's that warm fuzzy feeling, but I mean, your your team has confidence in you cuz you're signed and right. you know, your pockets ain't empty. So you just get out there and you play. But, okay, use that as a motivation, whether that's what Carson Wentz will do or some of these other players that felt like they should have, A, been on the list or been higher on the list. Right. You know, you go out there, and if, if that's what gets you in that zone and, and gets you playing your best, then so be it. But, yeah, no, I always find that interesting every year when those lists come out because I, I think we as fans put more stock into that because we'll say – how is Pat Mahomes not number one? How is so and so higher than this person and that person? And I, I, we we had no control over that. Not at so all. Who cares? Who really cares? <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. All right. Well, look, that wraps up episode thirty-two of the Average Sports Guys podcast. Yes, sir. As we will be back. Let's do another one next week. Yes, sir. Um, now that, like I said, football is back in the swing of things, we're we're doing the podcast over over the Zoom, so we kind of figure that out yes, sir. until we can until we can get back uh, in the studio, both of us. Um, so yeah, so we'll keep coming up with some stuff to, to talk about. As always, uh, to the people who are listening, we support you. Or excuse me, we thank you for your support. Um, if you have any questions, something you want to hear, a uh, topic you want covered, something specific about your team, let us know. Don't be shy, and we will. Go ahead and um, answer that for you, or we will get somebody on who is more of an insider with that team. 100%. Um, check us out on AverageSportsGuys.com. We are broadcasting on all major um, podcast platforms, and thank you for tuning in. All right, we're out of here. All right, bye-bye.